none of us need to live in lack. Because one group is remunerated for what they've been due doesn't mean that you are less. It does not mean that you are less. The Jews that were hurt in the Holocaust got their money back. Did that hurt whites? Did that hurt anybody else because they got what was theirs? Everybody needs to be getting theirs. That's all I can say. And we need to start talking about race because it is just getting of epic proportions. Maybe you don't recognize it. It's the elephant in the room. And still again, racism is happening. And people that are saying that it's post-racial and that it's not happening... That is evidence that it is happening. Because you don't want to talk about it, because you won't recognize it, because you don't see that especially in entertainment, indigenous black Americans are nowhere to be found. Straight indigenous black Americans are nowhere to be found cast in anything of positivity. And we are a significant portion of the population. And we have contributed to America through the unpaid labor of slavery and through the indignities that we're still facing every day. And it's very, very real. It is not a joke. It is not a crutch. It is not anything else. It's really happening. And if you've been watching my story, then you know that it has happened. And there were things that were out of my control. And this is mostly perpetrated by somebody that has a lot of power over me. And that is what racism is. Not over me, but over certain things like employment and other things. And we need to shine a very, very, very bright light Because there's this false impression out here that whenever uh, black indigenous people get something that, oh, they weren't qualified or they must have gotten it through affirmative action or blah, 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 blah. No. Do you know how many times they don't get it? Just because some people have a problem. And I think it's well documented in my case and as many other cases. And I'm going to bring those stories to you of the inventors and the craftspeople that were indigenous Americans that contributed to brilliant inventions that have changed and, and improved our way of life that you never even knew that they created because they weren't allowed to get credit. Whoever owned them or whoever they worked for got the credit and their family reaped it and they're rich to this day from it. We need to start talking about it. I'm not here to bash anyone, make anyone feel bad. I'm here for the truth. I want to hear what people think and what people know. And I believe in my heart, in my soul, in my mind, that no matter what race you are, where you come from, when you hear the truth, you know it. You just know it. Everything is in alignment. You just know. 
And if we don't start talking, we're never going to hear it and we're never going to get to that place of understanding. It needs to start. So here's part two of Yvette Carnell from YouTube and her discussion on race as racism. Slaves, we don't come from Crayola. I'm going to say that again. We come from slaves. We don't come from Crayola. So who we are as a group of people is not determined by complexion or nappy hair. It's determined by that lineage and the people who took advantage of that lineage. That's in there as well. That's all in there together. And so people who tell you that this is just about, well, you're black, they're lying to you, but that was the con anyway. And we can talk, let's talk, see the first, the con, and see now that, that, that race con has turned into the diversity con. And let me tell you why everybody who comes from descendants of slaves and slave masters should say, I don't want any part of diversity. I don't, I don't, diversity is not my thing. I want no part of it. I don't want, diversity is not my thing. And let me show you why. Diversity is sort of kind of like, the best way to describe it would be to call it, to call it kind of a, you know, people say, well, it's this melting pot. It's this melting pot of all these different people. And so as, as, as descendants of slaves, native black people, we see ourselves in that melting pot. Aha! That, however, is the problem. You, my dear friend, you, my dear tribe member, you, my dear native black, you, my dear fellow descendants of slaves, you are not in the pot. Can I tell you what you are? I can, you can guess in the chat because I can tell you what we are. We're not in the pot. See, everybody else in the pot and cooking and, and, and tasting carrots and potatoes and shimmying around. Oh, this is good. It's a nice pot. Pot got food. Pot got, pot got carrot. Pot got potato. Pot got celery. It's a nice pot. We're not in the pot, though. We are the wood that allows the pot to burn. And the pot has burned. And we are now the ashes. And let me tell you what happens to ashes. They either get blown away or they start a fire. So my question to you is, are you going to get blown away or are you going to start a fire? Because what has happened is from the 1600s, when we had indentured servants who were English indentured servants, we had Irish indentured servants. And what happened is the people who formed this whole ideology, because race is more of an ideology than anything else, they decided that doing it this way with these English people who had a sort of who had a sort of mindset about how you know they come from a certain place where they've seen sort of revolt or whatever, and so they were like there was a different consciousness, and they said the the capital holders decided, listen, we can't we're not gonna do these English or whatever no more. We're gonna import these slaves from Africa, cut them off from everything from Benin and Angola and West Africa, these countries over here.
because of these programs, these seg you know how they say we talked about we talked about how 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 the federal government segregated America. One of the things that you see though, one of the things that you see very, 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 very clearly, when you read that, one of the things that you see very clearly is that the immigrants, the white immigrants though, got to become white and got to become American. And so I just want to stop her for the people that say, oh, my ancestors had it hard. I'm not saying that you didn't. The Irish had it hard. The Italians had it hard. So many different people had it hard. But what she said was so true. You came, you were white, and they protected you, and you were given jobs. You were segregated away. They even changed the plan of the city and the way that the, the traffic flow was organized so that it was not integrated and, and black people did not have the same amount of access. I can document this. This will be on, on future episodes. And the question now is, A, to admit it happened, and B, what are we gonna do about it to fix the inequity? And I feel like if you're a white person, you're saying hallelujah. I want these people to get theirs so they can level up, pull themselves up, and then we don't ever have to feel like again, oh, these people didn't get theirs. Won't you be happy when if, if anything happens, you can say, well, we gave it to you. But you can't say that now. So the healing has to be done. The truth has to be told, first of all. The truth has to be told. And then some sort of uh, reparation in some form or another. I don't know what it's gonna be, how it's gonna be. This is what they're avoiding. They don't even wanna pay white people their social security. So if, if I were an indigenous American, I wouldn't hold your breath on it. But having the conversation is important and letting people know historically that it happened when we're taught American history, they don't talk about this. What happened with the traffic? what happened with the hiring situations, what happened with the housing. That's where the racism, we're not just talking about, oh, I don't like you because of the color of your skin, and you know, I, I let you drink from my water fountain. No, that's not the extent of it. We're talking about real stuff that impacts you on the day-to-day, -day, and we haven't even touched the psychological ramifications, implications of that kind of set apart by that labeling of black and wanting you to own that. No, you're black. And then wanting to relabel you, oh, you're African-American so that you, you, you become a part of Africa even though you have no history in Africa because you are American and you are indigenous. Everything, the control, to decide what your identity is determined by someone that does not look like you. And it is your personal responsibility to take back your identity and to decide what your identity is. Beyonce doesn't decide it for the whole race. Janelle Monet, no matter how strong she struts, does not decide it for the whole race. Kendrick Lamar does not decide it for the whole race. 
Keisha Joe Johnson off the street does not decide. This is a conversation that needs to happen throughout all peoples that are truly of indigenous heritage. Because what's happening is indigenous black Americans have paid the price, fought the struggles, been having prejudice perpetrated against them, racism perpetrated. And then all, all of the spoils gained through these struggles are being enjoyed by everyone but the people that suffered for it. The descendants of these people are not the ones enjoying it. You have people, I don't, I have no problems with anybody from around the black diaspora and of the brown diaspora. I love you all. I fight for you all. You hear me, you hear me fighting for you and for justice and to get yours. But it is not right, especially in the casting where they just think anybody can play you and your people. Anybody can play you and your people. You can't get away with that. With Latinos, you can't get away with that. I mean, sometimes they, they you know, glad to have somebody in there, like J-Lo playing uh, Selena. I don't have a problem with that. But something is happening, okay, where you're not being seen because you, they, they are trying to tell you that you are not relevant. That is what they're saying. They're putting all these other people, these other people can be heard. If you're a black man and you've been castrated and you're now a trans woman, then you can be heard. But if you're just a regular, just a regular indigenous black American, you have no value because you have no history and they've slaughtered your image. They've slaughtered your image and your identity even though you created jazz. Even though you've, you've given us so much in terms of uh, inventions. And I'll go into it deeper at another point. They don't even want to mention that. It's just, you know, singing and dancing, shucking and jiving. None of, none of all the real contributions don't want to don't want to see that when they when they were trying their hardest to persecute me and put me down they just wanted me to oh she's just a mindless singer they didn't know that I was just like a bag a box full of instruments they didn't know why didn't they know because they did not see my humanity I was not a human being because this one person said something and had some idea and had some kind of whatever his problem was. He shown me through a lens that enabled many people who are compassionate and loving. They could not see me as a human being. And then my circumstances, which were out of, of the ordinary for any human being on earth that has ever lived. I can honestly say nobody has been through this experience. I was judged by how, because I stood up against it, 
and I didn't lie down. And yes, I yelled a couple of times and I didn't tuck it in, Tucker. Sorry. Not sorry. I didn't take it. I've stayed strong. And I won. I don't know what I've won, but I had, you know what I won? My dignity. My dignity. And that is what he wanted to take. My dignity. Everything that he said, you might as well publish it as the racist credo. And I bet if you asked him, he'd say, oh, no, I'm not racist. I'm just jealous and I hate you, but I can't tell you why. I'm jealous and I hate you, but I can't tell you why. And I don't have to. Because it's how I feel and it's all about me and what I think and what I feel and how when I look at you, it makes me feel. No, I'm me on my own, regardless of what you feel. My life and my pursuit of my happiness has nothing to do with you. I don't write songs about you. I, I, I wasn't even thinking about you, honey. You know? And when anyone has that level of power to affect other people's livelihood and their happiness and their ability to just function day to day, my mom went through so much. I can't even tell you the acts of just hatred. I can't even tell you. And there was nothing, there's nothing ghetto about my mom. My mom was excellent. She was fantastic. She was freaking brilliant. She saved the place millions of dollars. She made those people's lives, you know, worth something until the end, even though that place was just supposed to be a place to stay until they died. She gave them a quality of life. And this is how they treated her. Why? Because she was the only indigenous American there, and we've all been programmed to treat a certain group of people in a certain way. And we can't talk about it, and there's a great deal of shame, and that that cover of shame needs to be pulled back. And we need to reveal what's really there. And you might say, well, we got all these other problems. The economy is about to collapse. How you treat any one race or group of people is how it is possible for any and all of us to be treated. And that is something that you need to get into your heads. That if it's okay for any group of people to endure anything, for whatever reason that you put in your mind, it's easy to say, oh, oh, those people are dumb. Oh, those people are animals. Or, oh, those people are, they have no class. Or, oh, those people, you know, whatever it is that you want to say. If you look at that and you do not look at the systematic reins and confinement and um, defilement of humanity, if you treat people like animals, that's how they'll act. 
And if you keep abusing somebody, I mean, eventually, like she said, it burns out or it sets a fire. And what they've tried to do, I think now, it's not even, do you guys know that it's not even about race? They just use race as a tool to destroy human beings. A friend of mine, I'm calling him a friend now, Jay Dreamer, Jay Dreamers on YouTube, he was talking about Max Spears, reminded me, and Max said he was a super soldier and he was tortured terribly, you know, but he was fighting for humanity to know what we're really up against. And he said, whoever, whatever the nature of these entities that want to take us over, that want to destroy us, that want to divide us, whatever it is that they are, they're going for the heart, the heart of the people. And that's why all the things that we're given to see and do. I took a break, if you notice, from, you know, a lot of the videos that would just show, you know, the sickness and the Pizzagate. And the, at a certain point, I was just like, I know everything that's going on, but I can't reverberate on that, you know. I, I just can't reverberate on it. And now is the first time in a couple of months you know, because I even had to turn the cue stuff off at a certain point because I just felt that it was a rat hole and it wasn't going anywhere and they were controlling the narrative again and nothing was being done. So what we had every detail, but nothing was being done. Minds weren't changing. Dialogue not being had between people of different mindsets. If we do not have the dialogue and that goes for Democrats My mom was a Democrat. I'm an independent. But if you're a Democrat, no matter what you think of the other side, it's time to start talking about the issues. What what really is happening? And are we really getting the truth? Because if you're watching television, you are not getting the truth. And I can honestly tell you that. As a person of color, I do not support... uh, the enslavement of humanity. I just do not. So you know that I'm not here to be, you know, saying, oh, Republicans are all right and blah, 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 blah. And just Christians are right. I'm not saying that at all. Every group has their, you know, flaws. No one is perfect. But if we can all get together on what we agree on, that we don't want poisoned air, that we don't want poisoned food, that we don't want geo-weapons making storms in certain places, that we don't want little kids being raped, that we don't want uh, people in their 50s being taken out, you know, 60s or whatever, for uh, body parts to countries that don't allow dismemberment. You know, if if we can agree on those things that we don't agree on pedo that we that we don't that we all agree on that pedophilia is bad and should not be normalized. You can support LGBT and not be for pedophilia. We need to be able to be specific because when you speak in general terms 
They are programming social justice warriors to cut off the conversation, to label people names, and then nothing gets discussed. And then we end up with a lock. And there's no movement forward. And that's bad for the country. I don't know when we got like this. It needs to change. All right, we're going to go more into uh, Race is a Con, Lineage is the Truth by Yvette Carnell. I did that. See, in order to make that happen, here's the thing. Understand this. In order to make that happen, they had to, they had to create this black thing. And they had to create, make blackness harder and worse and put all the failure over there. We're going to put all the failure with you and a few of these poor white people. And the poor white people at least get a psychological bump because they, they ain't quote-unquote black. And that's what happened to us. And so we don't understand what happened to us. And so we're suffering, like we're suffering a lot of different consequences from a lot of different stuff. But one of the things that we're suffering is the consequence of not understanding who we are and where we come from, like, let me put this up for you. This is, this is, this is an article that came out, you know, during the time when the Obamas were in office, and it is the, the first family, a new glimpse at Michelle Obama's white ancestors, right? And so the question you have to begin to ask yourself is how did we, in order to make everyone else white, partition this sort of blackness and make every, and, and, and make us black and make black be the harshest and worst thing and put all the failure in blackness just so everybody else everybody else could be white because let me tell you something I want you to ask yourself a very quick question what do they say riddle me this Batman how in the world so Michelle Obama, I want you to think about this whole race thing. So Michelle Obama is still is still black. But she got she got white ancestors. And somebody who is somebody who is white probably got, because this is America, got black ancestors, quote unquote black, which means from an African country, heritage in an African country. But we still manage to maintain these lines. See, what that tells you, when you hear stuff like that, what that tells you is that this black-white stuff don't make no sense. That it's just something put in place to keep us in a certain place. That's what it tells you. The sunken Look, place. Instead of saying we're part of this melting pot, we should see that we were the wood underneath the melting pot and now we're the ash. And the one thing that we should want is to turn the melting pot over. Because the melting pot was built on us not having, on our disadvantage. The whole race thing was built to create an advantage for one group and a disadvantage for another group. Advantage for one group, disadvantage for another group. But the only thing it creates in us is a lot of confusion. You know, when you look at it, I mean, people, even when we talk about slavery, we don't even think about that they had slavery, you know, it existed in Rome, it existed in other places. So, so like, when you, even when you look at the, the Jewish community, the Holocaust, like, White people didn't have no problem killing each other. That's just historically accurate. So you have to ask yourself, what happened in this country? 
what was the specifics of uh, what what was the specifics of how we built race in this country and what was the benefit and what did it do and the only thing it did was it hardened disadvantage in a specific group so it said okay like even doing communism okay we gotta we gotta we don't want no revolution like the revolution they have it over there over there in russia they in bolshevik they overturning people they 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 overturning governments we don't want no revolution so in order to avoid a revolution we have to put some more people in the middle class aha but we have to decide who we're going to put in the middle class so we're going to put a bunch of white people in the middle class okay well somebody's got to fail because capitalism requires somebody to fail okay we're going to make it these black people and then what we're going to do we're going to use fake science we're going to use racial science to say you were you were built that way you're racially inferior look at where you come from the whole continent when you talk about african countries we can we can show you how you're inferior this was another thing that they came up with but here's the thing here's the kicker here's the kicker i don't know if anybody i don't know if anybody's read this book i mean people always talk about a breaking brown book list if you haven't read if you haven't read guns germs and steel please do it's very helpful this is the book if you haven't read it please check it out um but I'll, one of the things that guns germs and steel points out is that this whole thing was basically a kind of concoction and that what happened in terms of the continent of Africa, what happened in terms of the European invasion can be explained basically through evolution. There is no race conversation. Don't you see? This whole thing about race is garbage. There is no, this is just about how two, how groups of different people evolve. That's it. It ain't about race, it ain't about a bell curve, it ain't about your brain. It's about how, how you evolve within the context of the environment in which you were living. And let me just I'm going to just read a little bit from it. I hope you will be patient. And, and, and I'm just going to read a little bit from it. If you had a book, please. I'm going to stop her before she gets there. <laughs> I know you think we're never going to get through this, but why am I stopping her? Um, because this is why we're seeing what we're seeing. The people that you are being told to look at, uh, and idealize the Kerry Washingtons, the whatever. She's of West Indian heritage. Not that that's, I'm not saying that's bad, but she was cast in Django to explain that experience where technically that is, that's not her story. And this is what's happening across the board to the point where it's a shutout. Just like having all trans men play all female roles and no vaginas. It's a shutout. And that is bigotry. That is inequality. That is racism. If that is that person's story and you are replacing them with somebody else specifically and then telling that population that they need to be satisfied with these other people because they should just be, I don't know what, who decided that? Why, did you, why do you think that people of this background are going to accept that when we're tired of it? We're tired of the images. And then so, so then, then we got Black Panther and that's a trick. Black Panther is a trick. Because we think we're, be, we're seeing ourselves. Yes, we're seeing people that look like us and we're proud of them and we love them and they're beautiful. 
But why are we not being seen? Why is what's happening to me happening? Why was that allowed to happen? Who said that that was okay? Nobody asked in the whole time of my persecution why I stopped singing. No one ever, no one ever asked if, if I was a child of Yahuwah who was put here to sing. And that's all I ever wanted to do. And at some point I stopped. There must have been a reason. And not one of these gatekeepers ever asked the question why. And part of the reason that I acted out was just to see. They knew what I was. And I was curious to see whether anyone would care. And they didn't. Because they didn't want to see me do well. And I was a badass in every way from the time I got there. And they didn't want to accept it. They didn't want to take it. And every day was browbeating me. Every day was browbeating me. No allies, no nothing. And then being Christian on top of that, it was bad. Very, very bad. And what could I say? And then, Pop, we know the story. I'm not going to tell it anymore. But why did nobody ask? Why, why did she? What was happening to her? Nobody asked what was happening. And that shows a lack of concern on a human level. Because if it had been anybody else, they would have said, well, what went on? And there were other people that had different things going on in their life at, at that time, too. Like uh, many of my contemporaries in college is a time where they figure out that they're going to be not going to be straight anymore because they see that they could, they could come out in a supportive environment. And so when they were going through that, that difficult process of coming out, I actually heard teachers and faculty say, well, you know, they're going through that and they're making that decision and let's just give them a pass. Let's support them through it. Let's give them a break. But what I was going through when I told teachers and I told the dean what they were calling me names. I couldn't even, even if I knew the whole score to something and no one in the class knew it and I sang it, I would be made fun of and um, disciplined for singing too loud. When How could I be singing too loud if I'm the only one singing because I'm the only one who knows it? And if I leave the room, then I'm bad. Stuff like that that was going on. I had no support. At all. No one ever asked, how does this A student and perfect, perfect singer? I just cut off and I just didn't care anymore. And they didn't care because that's what they wanted. And I was like, I can't believe that this is what it is. Is this 
how isolated it's going to be. And then I saw, I told you, I saw Harlan Blackwell. And I saw her give amazing performance in Deflator Mouse. And I saw her come out. I saw men around and people around. Not many, because it was after the opera. But this woman was by herself lugging these packages. And no one gave a damn. She just lit up the whole stage for how many hours. And nobody could even help her like she was just a She could have been cleaning the toilets. And I saw that. And I actually, there were a couple of times she saw me studying in the library. As I lived in the library, I was always studying. And you can ask her. And she she would look at me like, you know, what's going on? I mean, all I could go off is a look because she never asked me. And I told her what happened. And she just looked. She just had a remote look in her eye. Like, you know, that's what it is and there's nothing we can do. And I, that was one of the times I was just like, you know what? I don't care anymore. I don't care about this. Because they don't care about me. And I'm giving my all on a very high level. And I'm being persecuted because this person is doing something and is acting in a way that they don't like. But I didn't do those things. Why am I being punished? And nobody cared. Nobody cared. I had nobody to tell. And now I see that this is happening. There are invisible walls invisible hurdles that other people don't see how many people how many people listen to everything that he said and said oh there's nothing there's not no oh she could have done this she could have done that not seeing that there were no roles no roles for 20 years it only started to change recently and part of it is because of me People knowing about me and that I did sing many styles and do many things and then they all tried and wanted to do it. People that had the gatekeepers behind them. Yes. Would would it have changed if I just stayed quiet? I think everything was meant to be just the way that it's happening. Just the way that it's happening. I have no regrets, but I want everyone clearly to see, listen to what this woman is saying, because it is real. It is not a victim mentality. When you have no control, no matter how you act in a situation, when somebody has the power that Jason had, and he's still doing the, the wicked things that he's doing. And everybody can see it. You cannot deny it. You cannot deny it. I don't even care. And I know that I have all this creativity. I have all of this. And where is it that I can be? Where is, ask yourself, 
with all this ability, no matter how excellent and people saying, oh, you can do it up. If I was looking to get a job, where could I be being a Christian person of the Christian tradition? Where could I be? I'm not a devil worshiper. I have no intentions of bending over for anybody. I'm not eating any babies. That's number one. I've stood up for truth. I don't even know what's going to happen. Maybe things are changing now. I think they are changing now. I don't know. Or maybe the humiliation that I faced is akin to everything that these other people have been through. I don't know. But for all these people that are acting like I have so, just so many options with the things that have happened and the fact that I was taking care of my mom, no work history, and then the bad things like dealing with my cousin and my father that did what they did when I had to defend myself from this 200-pound man, it looks a lot worse than it is. And there are a lot of people that would make judgments. And what gets lost in all of this is my artistry and what I have to offer and what I have to say that needs to be said at this time by somebody. And there's very few people saying it in the way that I'm saying it. It's not about me. It's about what needs to happen in this country. I could be any American that this is happening to. I told you how disturbed I am when I I walk past and I see, I know white women that were middle class, blonde hair and blue eyed, sleeping in the streets. And they're not trash. They had education. Some of them were pregnant. Nobody is asking the question, how did you get like this? What happened? But these are the same people that think that we have enough money to bring other people in from other countries and pay all their medical bills and give them all the everything that they could possibly dream of, educations, everything. But an American citizen, a pregnant blonde woman on the street We got problems in this country, and we got to start talking about it. It's very, very real. And I'm alarmed if I saw any race of American, but when I see that, I know how bad it is. I know how bad it is, and I know that we're not seeing it. And that's why I'm talking about it. Don't tell people. Don't, Don't ever Think that you can negate somebody else's experience because you don't know. And that's why as a writer, I'll sit down in a minute and I'll say, no, I don't understand your experience. Please explain it to me. I want to understand you better. If I have a disagreement with you, I want to understand why. I would have loved to sit down and talk with my musical director and, and have her show me the evidence of all the things that she was so confident about that she hears on fake news every day. Well, everything is Donald Trump's fault. And she's such an intelligent person. How could everything, he's only been there, what, a year and and change. How, 
How could everything, everything that America is facing be his fault right now? George Bush was the dumbest president in the history of presidents. They didn't even treat him this bad. And it is just an example of anyone that does anything for truth and for goodness. You don't have to be perfect. You can have character flaws. Look, I would rather somebody that stands against pedophilia. I don't care if that person's a narcissist. I would rather have somebody that will, a firefighter that will run in a building and rescue somebody. I don't care if, you know, uh, I don't know, he's got weird habits or whatever. Or, you know, maybe he cheats on his wife. I don't know. That's not my business. What did people say about Bill Clinton? Well, uh, he cheats on his wife, but he was a good president. And we thought he said, you know, help the deficit and whatnot, which was a lie. They just printed more money. But anyway, the point is we need to be going off what people are doing that is of value. You don't get to say somebody has no worth just because you disagree with them on one thing or you don't like how they look or just all this superficiality. Oh, that person doesn't get to speak because that person feels this and that. No, everybody gets to speak. Even the clan gets to speak. Because when you silence the clan, you silence everyone. And we're never going to understand their mentality if we never listen to what they say and what they're building their beliefs off of. Because as a person who wants change, I want to know what in the heck experience did they have that made them think that? And how can we prevent that experience in the future? Censorship is huge. We've got to be able to discuss these things. I'm going to go back to the discussion. Page 397 together. Around. Zimbabwe gold trade. Well, why did Europeans develop those three advantages before Sub-Saharan Africa could? Why? As we have discussed, all three arose historically from the development of food production. But food production was delayed in sub-Saharan Africa by Africa's paucity of domesticable native animal and plant species. It's much small, it's much it's much smaller air, it's a it's much smaller area suitable for indigenous food production and its north-south axis, which retarded the spread of food production and invention. Let's examine, let's examine how those factors operated shall we because we saw because in the black panther we saw a whole lot of domesticated wild animals and what he's basically telling you here is that that's garbage and like africa could have done something were it not like the people on the continent were it not for like a lot of forces that people don't talk about so let's continue shall we first as regards to domestic animals we've we've already seen that those of sub-saharan africa came from eurasia with the possible exception of a few from North Africa. As a result, domestic animals did not reach sub-Saharan Africa until thousands of years after they began to be utilized by emerging Eurasian civilizations. That's initially, that's initially surprising because we think of Africa as the continent of big wild animals. That's what Black Panther said. 
But we saw in chapter 9 that a wild animal to be domesticated must be sufficiently docile, submissive to humans, cheap to feed, and immune to disease, and must grow rapidly and breed well in captivity. Eurasia's, na Eurasia's native cows, sheep, goats, horses, and pigs were among the world's few large wild species to pass all those tests. The African equivalents, such as the African buffalo, zebra, bush, pig, rhino, or hippopotamus, have never been domesticated, not even in modern times. So what they're telling you, first of all, the Black Panther's garbage. Ain't nobody ever domesticated, but I understand it's fiction, but you have to understand how this ahistorical sort of fiction sort of plays into what we're talking about. What they're telling you, what they're telling me, what they're telling you is that you don't got to argue about this black-white stuff. It don't, none, of, none of the stuff that we're talking about has anything to do with anybody being black or anybody being white. That's garbage. What it has to do with is how a specific community of people evolved. That is the issue. Let me. Bring I'm going to turn this into a sec, sec, separate episode.